Hello everyone and welcome back guys to a brand new video where today we're here back once more with Jamie183 for the Knowing Wheel F1 2022 podcast. Yes, we've finally, finally <laughs> come up with a name for it. We're only, what, 35, 36 episodes deep at this point? Getting on for a year in terms of real time. It's, yeah, pretty much been a year since... Well, uh, no, it hasn't... It's been nine months since the last podcast, Jamie. We've was done it, better than it was that. February, was it March? Okay. I'm looking at the Fair very play. first podcast right now. It was the oh, yeah. 22nd of March last year. Okay. Well, this year, technically, still at the moment. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've, we've finally got a name for the podcast. Uh, so let us know down in the comments below how much you hate it, because I'm sure people <laughs> will be disappointed uh, with that one. But before we get into it, though, Jamie, did, did you have a nice Christmas, mate? Yeah, it was great. I, I stayed inside all day and then went home in the evening on Christmas Day because I had COVID. But now I don't. Well, I, I sort of don't. But when I do tests, it still comes back with a faint line, but we ignore it, so it's all good. So you've still got COVID then? So I've got long COVID, but I don't have to isolate, so it's all good. This this is wonderful, <laughs> wonderful early news yeah. for, for podcast viewers. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, obviously, if you missed out last week's podcast where we went back, what did we do last week, Jamie? Uh, we went through our end of year awards, didn't we? Oh, yeah. uh, to finish off the season. Definitely, definitely recommend going back and checking that one out. We went through who was our driver of the year, our best race win of the year, our best non-race win performance of the year, plenty of other cool stuff. But today, today we start beefing with each other. We are going to hark back to the very first podcast we did. We already did one of these at mid-season, and we're going to go back again and react to and review our 2021 pre-season constructors championship predictions we thought trying to do all 20 drivers was going to be a bit too difficult maybe this year around though we'll do it uh that could oh, be yeah, very very sure. good fun sort of probably late feb early march you know when sort of the real f1 season uh, is getting back into the swing of things but jamie can can you remember your predictions for the year i i remember most of them i think certainly it was quite obvious after pre-season testing we had like different groups that were going to be together so i think in terms of that it was quite an easy year to predict yes in terms yeah. of the areas where each team were going to be i don't think i got many right though i was often one off yes from what i remember yeah so but we'll see uh yeah like i said obviously it was probably one of the easier years to try and get predictions right i would have thought i'll be quite impressed if we both get more right next year than this year yeah. if we do one before <laughs> pre-season testing and everything like that but of course subtle changes uh, to the regulations obviously made things very very difficult to try and predict uh sorry made it very very easy even i should say uh to try and predict ready for the new year but yeah jamie let's go through that out of 10 let's start with do we start at the bottom or do we start with the top uh, start at the bottom. Start right? at the bottom. Who do you believe you predicted to finish tenth place? Surely it was. Surely I put Haas. I don't think any. We, I think we both put Haas. You did not put Haas. Are you serious? No, I'm not. You put, we both put Haas. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that was the most obvious thing all season that Haas were going to come last. Yes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> two rookies. It was never going to be a particularly easy year for Haas. Of course, they'd already said pre-season that they hadn't put any sort of development into the car. Uh, I mean, it was and the good. Car was already rubbish the year before. Exactly, it was a pretty, it was pretty much a tin pot by the end of last year. Um, it was good in the sense of us um, Haas fans, I suppose. I've, I've always liked mm. to see Haas do well. A bit less this year, obviously. I'm not huge fans of them. Yeah, I know yeah. you're not, but I got a signed hat somewhere still, so I'm, I'm all up the boys. Oh, that's that's all it takes to buy my loyalty in Formula One <laughs> is a signed hat. Um, but and of course follow me on Twitter if Formula 1 teams want me to support them next year if you want a lot of free support in this podcast hit me up on Twitter give me a follow and I'll be all over you uh, ready for next year but 
Yeah, Hasto certainly weren't trying to hype up expectations pre-season, and safe to say by turn three of the race, any kind of hope anyone had left was pretty much eroded, wasn't it? Yeah. It was an absolute dog of a car, so it's no surprise really that they did come last. And I think they could really be a surprise package next year. I don't think the drivers are particularly up to very much, but in terms of they've basically written off two years focusing on the new regs, so that's probably longer than most other teams have. Obviously, they're a small team, yeah, but still, they could make a big jump next year, and it'd be quite cool if they do, but I would be quite surprised as well. Yeah, I can't see us getting to Abu Dhabi and someone going, and Mick Schumacher wins his fourth Formula 1 race <laughs> of the year just yet, um, but we'll wait <laughs> and not. see. We'll wait and see about that, and I think, yeah, the most important thing there, like you've touched upon, is the fact neither of their drivers fill us with a huge amount of confidence either, do they? No. No. I think the F2 grids that they were did all right on were it was quite a weak field yeah i mean you had um, guan yu zhou and no oscar piastri and that says everything you need to know well joe's gonna beat bottas next year so oh, it's behave <laughs> take back the title oh dearie me dearie dearie me um but yeah no so i mean obviously has it'll certainly be intriguing to see what they can do next year um but i'll be honest i haven't got massively high hopes still I think we've both sort of said, haven't we, before, that they're probably going to be out of the sport by 2026. Um, but if, fingers if crossed. Fails, then yeah, yes, they will be. yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Um, so there we go. We're one apiece early on then. Next up, Jamie, P9. Who did you predict? I think I put Williams below Alfa Romeo. You are absolutely correct. We yeah. both put Williams below Alfa Romeo. So that is nil fair, They should have... Alfa Romeo had the car to beat Williams this season. Most but... of the year, yeah. Yeah, just Williams got a very obviously a hot streak in like August, was it? Or the well, Hungary like, wasn't it? Hungary it was just it before was the summer Russia, break, yeah. Where they scored like well, obviously two lost double points, quite luckily in both occasions. Yeah. But yeah, I think Williams was probably, uh, especially in qualifying, was generally quite good. Uh, but Alfa Romeo was quite good in qualifying as well. But then like yeah, I I think Alfa threw away many chances with poor strategies or just messing up races when they were on good ones or like the races where mental stuff happened like in Imola or trying to think of some others uh, like in Belgium or Hungary they were just so poor yes when yeah there's some there's opportunities there and then that's why Williams picked up the points and especially Hungary they had a couple of decent races towards the end of the year as well didn't they of course yeah, Mexico Kimi scored four points their Giovinazzi probably should have scored that weekend as well but, I mean, when you look at the gap between Williams and Mercedes... Uh, sorry, Williams and Alfa Romeo, even. <laughs> uh, Ten points at the end of the year. When you're talking sort of 20 points, is quite a big gap. But that could have easily been recovered, had a few more races. They'd sort of... Like, Giovinazzi probably lost a good sort of five or six points here or there from, like, a point or two here. Um, you know, Zanvolt was probably a good example of that. I don't think he scored points there when no, he started inside the top ten. Monza as well was another really good example of that. Uh, where he got t- well, he crashed himself out on that one, um, and even yeah. just those two races could have made the difference between Williams and Alfa Romeo. But Alfa Romeo again, I know you're going into next season with a lot of confidence behind <laughs> them, rather naively or not. That is left to be decided. I but think I'll beat Williams next year. Do you? They've got better drivers than Williams for sure. And that's not even me being biased. Yeah, no worrying that you're so... prob- they're probably not much in it. I mean, you've got two money frauds and then two just normal frauds, don't you? <laughs> wow, the the slander of Guan Yu Zhou starting already. We're not even into 2022. It started it's, months it's, back, it's, mate. Yeah, it did. To be fair, <laughs> no, I, I I think Bottas will do well. Um, he was obviously. I'm gonna clip that. Experience. 
I think he would do all right. I, I I'm not going to say he's going to get podiums or what, but it would do better than Raikkonen has been doing, for sure. So, mm, I don't think he's going to be much better than Raikkonen. I'll be honest. We have faith in Alfa Romeo. We like Sauber. I've always liked Sauber, to be fair. I mean, we all um, like um, Fred Vasseur. Yeah, I, I want to see him in the car. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we hope. I also found out one of my uh, one of my friends who I play Rocket League with went to school with Garnier Joe this week. So that's quite fun. That's a fun fact. That, that is certainly a fact. I debate how fun it is, but that is definitely a fact. Um, right, so there we go. Then we've both got Neil Poir there. We've already touched upon then uh, P8 and P9. Um, so, yeah, currently we're one for three each. Our bottom three teams are all exactly the same. In fact, our there was, there was only one difference between us over the course of the really? entire thing, yeah. <laughs> there was only two teams that were swapped around, which I think we both already know as well yeah. then so let's jump up then obviously we've gone through 10th Haas we both put Williams in 9th Alfa Romeo in 8th obviously we've just touched upon uh, anything to add about Williams for next year Jamie I suppose I think their trajectory was decent this year like their car was clearly not a wheelbarrow um, which it was 2020 and 2019 really it was a wheelbarrow um, yeah. towards the end again yeah it was it, basically, it suddenly became awful again at the end of the season but certainly that, that hot streak when Russell was doing Q2s and Q3s every week and stuff like that. It seemed to be promising, but then yeah, I don't know because it's always a hard one to read Williams really because like they could they could nail new regs like they did back in 14 or they could just absolutely flop it like they didn't this, later on. This <laughs> is kind of the problem I have yeah. with that they nailed the 2014 regs. They didn't because they really the nail. <laughs> they just had a Mercedes power unit, didn't yeah. they? And this was obviously just, the complete they beat downfall. Force India, too fair, but then making a better car than Force India wasn't difficult at that point. No, Force India so, was still not in a particularly great place at that point. No. I mean, wasn't it something mad? Like, um, let me see if I can try and find this. Um, what, what I'm trying, trying to find. There was a comparison, but I can't remember which years it was. Of oh, the Williams yeah. car getting slower and slower. It was 17, 17, 18, 19. When, yeah, when it got slower they, each year when pretty much every other car got well. faster. They did pretty well with new regs in 17. And Massa was obviously a decent driver. And then 18, it got slower. And then 19, it got slower again. And yeah. it's like, what? <laughs> when, when everyone else was getting quicker, weren't they? 19 yeah. was a bit more hit or miss. But yeah, it was absolute insanity, wasn't it, down at Williams? Yeah. But. I, I don't think the drivers. I think Russell's a big loss. Um, yes, yeah. I think Albon is obviously not as good. I think everyone probably agrees with that. And Latifi is. He improved a little bit. He was obviously holding a bit of a candle to Russell towards the end, but I don't think he can be the team leader that Russell has been. I no. Think they'll score points. Maybe, like, obviously it's super hard to tell in December before the season even starts, but I don't think they'll be quite as good without Russell. No, no, exactly. Russell is a huge loss to him as well, isn't he? And I think. Williams, like we said, have got that upset potential, but a bit like Haas or Alfa Romeo in my case, I just don't have a huge amount of faith in either of their drivers. I wonder if we might see a couple of races where like the cars clicking, Albon sort of in the groove as well, like we saw a couple of times in his Red Bull, like Abu Dhabi, his final race for yeah. Red Bull where he was on the pace, and a couple of other rare occasions as well. What's that, sorry? Like he was decent for Toro Rosso in his debut. Yes, like, yeah. After season, wasn't he? Exactly, so. and he actually had a pretty good 2019 second half of the year, all things mm. considered. Um, yeah. But yeah, Williams obviously they they've decided to go with a Dams lineup from like four years yeah. ago, <laughs> uh, which is kind of insanity. Um, but they really are an unknown, aren't they? I, if I ended up in a coma tomorrow and I woke up next Christmas, you could tell me Williams finished runner-up or Williams finished dead last with no points, and I believe you either way. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> That's how insane yeah. Williams is. Yeah. Next up, seventh. I can't, I don't have a clue, but seventh. I would guess either Aston or Alpine, but I don't know. You and obviously both of us, we both put Alpine here, and oh, how wrong we were. Wow. Yeah, that's quite surprising, because, yeah, I guess we don't, I don't, I never had much faith in Renault, to be fair, having supported Hulkenberg for three years at them, but, um, yeah, I, th- I seventh is a bit harsh. I, I do think they were quite lucky to come fifth ahead of Alpha Tauri, to be honest, um, in real life. Uh, yes, but, yeah. yeah. I think we were all, we were all buying into the Aston Martin hype of them finishing third the year, or they should have finished third the year before, and then supposedly upgrading their lineup, even though Perez is actually better than Vettel. Um, we all knew it was deep down. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think the Aston Martin was so disappointing this year in terms of the car. Yes, like, yeah. It was just shocking. The drivers weren't horrendously bad. They had, like, between them, a lot of good, good races. But the car was just not there at all. Yeah, and I think this was the thing, wasn't it, with Aston Martin, is they had a car that was midfield potential, but it never really felt like the team didn't seem particularly inspiring. The drivers didn't seem particularly inspiring for the no. most part. Of course, you had Seba Hungary, when really you bottled the start and got lucky, and then Baku, where he got lucky because Lance had a puncture. Um, yeah, he was going to finish about sixth that race. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was... Everything played into his hands. It was kind of one of those seasons, wasn't it, where they probably could have lucked into, like, fifth or sixth. They had a lot of races gone their way, but they didn't yeah. really deserve to for any well, reason. That, that Alpine got, what, 40 points at, at Hungary and then, like, 30 or 35 at Qatar. Yes, so yeah. So just those two races. Obviously, the, Qatar was on merit, but Hungary definitely wasn't. Um and between those two races, they've immediately, basically, that's how they beat AlphaTauri, just by those yes, yeah. very hot places. So I guess Aston Martin could have had the same thing. Um, had they, like, got lucky one weekend, say, in Baku, you know, Perez and Hamilton crash at lap turn one on the restart or something, suddenly are looking really good. But yeah, it didn't quite happen for them. I'm sure they'll improve next year. I think that team has always done well. Like, they don't, they don't go terribly for too long. No, when they were very first starting as Force India and that. Yes, but yeah. They they should bounce back. They put a lot of infrastructure in before the price cap. And this was the thing, wasn't the it? They want. Lawrence Stroll has put a lot of money into that team. The facility is very good now. Yes, yeah. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see what Aston Martin can do next year. Whether that means down the line, you know, they could be a team that looks towards German engineering for power units rather than Mercedes, which I know is a German company, uh, but still very confusing. Um, yeah, whether it's going to be them or McLaren that really sort of try and stray away from Mercedes' power is left to be decided. But, yeah, so it's probably better if we just go through these three again, isn't it, all together? Uh, so we both went Alpine in seventh, which, of course, was wrong. Uh, Alpha Tauri, we both got right in sixth. Oh, and then lucky. <laughs> Aston Martin, of course, we got wrong again in fifth place there. But like we said, you know, any of those three could have switched around yeah. at the season, you know, had things gone their way. On raw pace alone, I think you're right in saying AlphaTauri should have been fifth this year. Yeah. But again... Gasly deserved to be. Yes, but. yeah. <laughs> then again, it doesn't really matter to AlphaTauri, does it? No, not at all. We- they could finish 10th and be bleeding youngsters and they'd still be achieving their goals. Exactly. <laughs> it's in, yeah, Again, it's just insanity. It's a very weird team to be a part of as a manager, I imagine. <laughs> well, I can't work out when you say that whether Franz Tost has got the best or worst job in the world. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter at all to him. You must the problem be... is you'll kind of have no power. Yeah, you must be under exactly zero pressure. But also, you really want to win, surely. And it's kind of what's the point of trying? Because you know 
as it stands, you're never beating Red Bull. Well, you shouldn't be, otherwise you're in trouble. Yeah, you you're literally, yeah. you're, if you're too successful, You've defeated you're your screwed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's it, they're never going to win the championship, obviously. They're, they're sort of there just for the big like one-off races, such as Italy in 2020, aren't they? Like, or 2008. Or, or 2008, the, <laughs> the two race wins they've had as Toro Rosso slash AlphaTauri. But yeah, it's a weird team <laughs> to be a part of, but Gazi's doing very well. He's, I feel like he's a bit of a placeholder. Like he's sort of, both, sort of both being used as a placeholder because Gasly has nowhere better to go, and AlphaTauri have no one young to bring in. To no, him, exactly. So there's no point. And this is the thing I read an article today talking, obviously with Pierre, sort of saying, you know, 2023 I think is going to be the year. Obviously, you'll look at where Red Bull are, I guess, as well. But he said, you know, Perez is signed for next year, but after that, I want talks with him. Yeah, if he's not going to get into Red Bull in 2023, there's no point being AlphaTauri still. No. No, exactly. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm trying to just rack through my head where he could go. I don't see him at Alpine with Ocon. No, because that's Oscar Piastri's. Even though Alonso yeah, has now said he wants to do like another three years, and I'm just <laughs> get away, old man. <laughs> go back to Dakar or something. I think the Mercedes second role it would suit him very well. Can I see Mercedes getting Russell, Russell Gasly? Can I see That'd be that? A good lineup. I'm trying to, the, the, the problem is, yeah, there's nowhere really Gasly suits. The, the, what I, I can, can see him at Ferrari if Leclerc gets poached by Merck. I can't see Merck wanting it. Ferrari, Leclerc is a Ferrari mainstay. Um, I'm just he trying to think. If he keeps losing to science, though. Could, it's very difficult, yeah. Could I see Gasly mm. at McLaren? Yeah, I could see him at McLaren, actually. It's the sort of team will pick him up like they did with Science when he's just bored of being an Rosso. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Science has been all round the board, hasn't he? Yeah. It's insane with Carlos Science, But, yeah, perhaps perhaps that'll have to be a podcast for another day of going through where Piazzi could go uh, in Formula 1. Piazzi? He's a new one. What's that? You said Piazzi, then. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm abbreviating <laughs> now. You know? Got to Got to try and save time Piastri on these. and Gasly. Uh, I, did I, I meant Pierre Gasly more than anything, but oh, Piazzi. Okay. <laughs> We're going with that now. Um, right. So, we, yeah, so... 10th correct, 9th wrong, 8th wrong, 7th wrong, 6th <laughs> correct, 5th wrong, 4th and 3rd, Jamie. We went different here. I can't remember which way around I put the... I know we both put Ferrari and McLaren. I think I probably put McLaren above Ferrari. And you didn't. You're absolutely right. And that's where the tables turn. So you're going to be in this. brilliant. I get <laughs> two points right there and you get zero. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, d- I think I vaguely remember me saying something along the lines of I think McLaren should get P3 this year, but I can see Ferrari egging it. And that was kind <laughs> of right. <laughs> Ferrari deserved P3. Oh, I mean, yeah, both by the end of the year. P3. But McLaren should have been so far ahead at one point and just yes. weren't because of Ricardo. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like, you look at McLaren and you think, what, they finished 48, 40, yeah, 48 and a half points behind. That could have easily come in basically two races. Well, Lando was chilling third in the championship after like Silverstone. Yeah, yeah. Like, and Ricardo was about twelfth. So <laughs> there's a easily like forty points in Ricardo's first half of the season. Obviously, it took a while getting used to the car, but like so that's incredible. Isn't science it? was doing. You've said there's forty points there in Ricardo's season. I can think of near enough forty points from Lando's in two races. And that's yeah, Russia true. and Spa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Russia. He lost a round twenty, didn't he? And Could Spa. McLaren have challenged Red Bull? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, we're saying if things went perfectly, which obviously it's never going to go, going to go perfectly for any team. Um, but yeah, there was 
plenty of missed opportunities. I think, yeah, Ricardo obviously his first half was very disappointing. He picked it up a little bit. For a couple of races. Well, he got like, what, five top five finishes in the second half of the season, I want to say. Yeah, that might be about right. random fifth places quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. And I think the thing was as well, wasn't it? Sort of Ricardo started dipping at the same time McLaren did again. So it kind of hid his shame in the final few races. (laughs) And obviously took out Bottas at Mexico, which was appreciated. So... (laughs) Yeah, for you, I suppose. Uh, I actually, I say that Hamilton got everything he could that weekend. Anyway, there was no way yeah. he was going to win that one, uh, so so I let that one no. slide. So, yeah, McLaren, you Ferrari thought... were very good. Ferrari were very, like yeah. I said, they they. I think egging it is the wrong term, isn't it? They didn't egg P three, but it certainly should have un... been harder fought than it was. Yeah, they were just very like very quiet. It was almost the opposite of what Ferrari usually like, being really flamboyant and rubbish. <laughs> they were just. <laughs> They just actually went about their business very quietly and successfully. Yes, so, yeah. Fair play. <laughs> and I think this is... It was McLaren making all the headlines this year, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, obviously Leclerc had those two pole positions, both caused by red flags. <laughs> uh, and then almost got a win in Silverstone. He was very unlucky, Leclerc. A lot of his races, I think, went under the radar quite a lot. Yes, yeah. He just finished like... He, he, I think he got like three or four fourth places well, in a row. Well, Leclerc's banging races were always when the top four were there, wasn't it? Yeah. That was the thing. Yeah. Like, you look... That happened to Hulk back in the day all the time. We've given Leclerc a lot of stick this year, but he could have easily been sort of third or fourth place in the championship, had a lot more races gone his way. Maybe not third, but yeah, up there Fourth, for sure. at least. He was only, what, ahead, 31 behind Perez? And you think 25 of that comes ahead from of Monaco. His teammate, which everyone's laughing at him for, yeah. to be fair. Leclerc, as much as we like science in this podcast, Leclerc is definitely the better driver. <laughs> Leclerc is definitely opinion, the faster driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But science just binned it in, in practice and then got away with it all the time. That's the whole point. Like, well, Leclerc might... does that as well, mate, let's be fair. But then Leclerc, Leclerc also bins in qualifying. <laughs> yeah, I think Leclerc is definitely the more potential world champion in my opinion and Leclerc is the one that's groomed to be a Formula 1 world champion at the end of the day yeah but Sainz he did an incredible job this year so we we rate him yeah yeah exactly exactly and I'm intrigued to see what Ferrari do with that lineup if they build a really strong car down the line according to you wasn't it the best lineup on the grid I would still argue that right now Ferrari have got the best lineup heading into 2022 We've got a big Charles Leclerc fan over here. Nope, so I just love me don't... some science. No, I just look through <laughs> and I think they're the only team with two drivers that I genuinely believe could battle for a world championship. Maybe yeah, Mercedes. I, I think, I think Mercedes probably could, depending on how Russell... Exactly. It's the only team that I could say now with confidence. Yeah, yeah. But they'd obviously completely go about it very different ways. Leclerc would be the centre, Science would be the Prost. Yeah. <laughs> But there we yeah. go. So, so you got more points than me. Four uh, two, versus two six so far. Two. two more teams no, to go, Jamie. No, you're wrong. It's two versus four. Two versus four. You, sorry, you yeah. Spoiled the final. I have I spoiled the final this. scores there, haven't I? <laughs> 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 Who do you think you picked for P two? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it was Red Bull. You're right. It was Imagine. Red Bull. <laughs> so yeah, and you put the same, yep. which means that I didn't beat you. No, nope. and you beat me six four. I did beat you but six I can four. That like a proper. Boxing Day football match. <laughs> Not far away, only 6-3, but almost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was probably the most, like, it was quite obvious at the start of the season, or even in pre-season testing, that, yeah, we, we could tell the way Red Bull go about things. 
they're they're much more about Verstappen than they are about the team. Yes. Whereas yeah. Mercedes are much more about the team. So even though we sort of hoped and thought that Red Bull might have a car capable of challenging, it's it still was fairly obvious to me at least that the Mercedes was a more consistent team because they're obviously going to be sacrificing their second driver at all times at Red Bull, um, which was fairly common. It wasn't as common as I thought, and Perez did a better job than... There wasn't so many situations where they could, were they? Yeah, I suppose. But yeah, Perez was pretty average, actually, until those three podiums in a row late on. You obviously got the win in Baku, podium at France, and then his next podium was what? Round 16 or something in Turkey, I want to say, or maybe one before Turkey. Was it Turkey or did Leclerc get a Turkey, there? No, Leclerc it was Turkey, didn't. USA, did he? Mexico, he got three in a row. Yeah. So, yeah, he was fairly average most of the season and then suddenly became good in Abu Dhabi and screwed Hamilton, so we love it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think Red Bull second, Mercedes first was fairly obvious <laughs> in the start of the season. I think you've got to be pretty bold to predict anyone other than Mercedes to win after seven in a row god alarmingly um, close towards the end of the year though it was mexico actually. there was what like one point in it or three points yeah, in it, it wasn't, wasn't there at one point yeah and bottas underperformed and had quite a lot of reliability bad luck this season but again they were basically just setting bottas up to work out what kind of ch- a chili powered engine they could run in the last few oh, races yeah. when they were just giving engine pens every week exactly so they could get away with it exactly um and it almost worked. It almost worked. It's a shame Michael Massey had other plans. You know, that that Red Bull money under the table. But, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see next year. We'll see next year. Um, Jamie, before Hello. we finish, though, first of all, congratulations. You were useless at predicting things this year. For someone for, for being on the Knowing Wheel podcast, you need at least 7 you know out of what? 10 next year. 4 out of 10. At university, that's a pass. That is so, so alarming. That. <laughs> Yeah, I'll graduate the uh, predictions with a third class degree. What do I get with six out of ten? Uh, that's a two-one. Well done. Oh look at that! I got a two-one. <laughs> I'm gonna put that on my CV, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. I got a two-one in my own podcast. How do I get another two on the end? Two-two is worse than a two-one. So... No, I want, an, I want a two-one-two. That's what I want. Oh, well, yeah, that doesn't exist, unfortunately. Well, yeah, I'm gonna I make it university. happen. I'm gonna make my own university. <laughs> I've decided. Um, but quickly, Jamie. Before we finish off this week's podcast, again, the last podcast we do in 2021, the last podcast we do before major rule changes, if you had to recommend to someone right now any race from the Turbo Hybrid era to go back and watch, what race would you say? You set me off on one there. I really have. Wow. I was going to do a top 10 races of the Turbo Hybrid era. You've sprung me on that big time. I know. (laughs) Because I'm just thinking back. Depends I mean, who you're a fan of. But if you plenty that I like, if you go back through years, like I'm just thinking, like iconic races. 2014 was Bahrain, Bahrain, Hungary, Hungary, and that was kind of it. There wasn't there wasn't massive that many good races. Obviously, it's a Canada had some drama. Like, yeah, yeah, it was a good title battle as well. Actually, I watched back Germany in 2014. That was fairly good. F1 TV. I I almost bought an F1 TV subscription yesterday. I, I might have to go through. My mum's car's still on it, so I might just buy one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that, they're the good ones. 2015, Hungary was up there straight. Hungary, away. Hungary was up there again, wasn't it? Um, yeah. I'd still argue uh, Kota was. 
Kota was a good race, yeah. Despite Rosberg uh, throwing a temper tantrum, Red Bull being right Red there almost all day. got a podium and then crashed into Ricardo. There's a fun fact. Yep. The spoiler, sorry, you didn't get a podium, but you probably knew that. Only you could try I'm, and give a spoiler for a race that happened six my, years ago. My mind, obviously, what I said is it depends on who you're a fan of. One of my favorite races to watch back is Malaysia 2016. Um, wasn't because it, it was actually really good. Wasn't it actually a particularly good race, though, was it, if I remember correctly? It was. Rosberg had to come back through the field. The Red Bulls were battling all race, and then that was for the win. Rosberg did a cracking move on Raikkonen and got a penalty for it, which was rubbish. But yeah, I, I like that race. Um, 2016 was generally really good. Like, not only saying that as a... 2016 did have quite a few bangers, didn't it? Yeah. Like, the three-tire rule was bought in that year and everyone loved it. Yeah. So, Apart from <laughs> yeah. the qualifying in the opening two races. Oh yeah, forgot about that. I that's, watched that's, back that's a couple of days ago, like Pascal Verlain get like P15 at Bahrain. Oh, back yeah. when Mana had hope. <laughs> When they were rockets in the straight line. I miss Manor, man. Honestly. Julian Palmer's on the grid back then. Yep, he was. Because I was going to say, <laughs> probably the best race of all time Singapore was about lap 22, Singapore 2017. You know what? Hulk was getting actually getting a podium in that race. And I'm really annoyed about it. Because still. he ran out of air. Yeah, his car just broke on him when he was beating Bottas in a two hour long yeah, race. Yeah, but so was Verline. Verline, Bottas was four. Oh, was he? Got a podium. Uh, not Verline, yeah. even uh, Julian Palmer. No, Palmer just overtook him at the start, but then he got back past. But yeah, everyone praises science massively for coming fourth when Hulk was going to come third. I'm, I'm feeling. Yep. But yeah. Um, 2018 Germany? <clears throat> 2018, yeah, Germany was decent. It's slightly overrated, I think, um, because it was kind of dead until Vettel crashed. <laughs> and then we had a fake. Should we argue one of the Baku 17 or 18? Baku 17 was mental. I remember people saying that at the time. People were saying it's like the best race ever. Um, Germany 2019, as much as it pains me, because another Hulk podium got That is a very good shout, even though Germany Hamilton had a shitter as well. Race. Yeah, it was an excellent race, though. Very, very good. Um, yeah, because that was uh, the although... one where Alfa Romeo got penalised after the race, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah, and Hamilton managed to scrape a point. And so did Robert Kubica. Yes, so. yeah. <laughs> but no... I remember at the end of twenty, at the end of the decade, that was voted race of the decade, even though it shouldn't have been. No, kind of the twenty eleven. <laughs> but a race out with that live uh, was Austria twenty nineteen. Very very good. I recommend that. Or Brazil twenty nineteen. I also recommend that. Basically, any race Verstappen wins before twenty twenty one is probably really good. Yeah, Brazil twenty nineteen <laughs> is a good one. Austria, yeah, Austria twenty nineteen is a good one. Um... I'm trying because we had a few crazy races in 2020 as well, didn't we? We did, but they weren't crazy because they were exciting. They were just crazy because everyone crashed. Yeah, yeah. So, so come on then. Yeah, I would final my verdict. Favorite? What would I say? I would probably say Germany 19, but that race made me upset for like a week. I I didn't want to think about F1. Just imagining Hulk in the barrier at that soapbox last quarter. <laughs> <laughs> Fair oh, enough. What a terrible Fair time. Enough. But 2014. I recommend a lot as well. Yes. Some good races. Yeah. Bahrain especially. I haven't watched back Bahrain yet since the time because another Hulk podium got away. So <laughs> there's a common theme there. Actually. There is a common there's theme, like isn't it? Great races and Hulk bottling it. <laughs> yes. I smile through the pain. You but do. It's all over now. You do. So, so if you're saying the best race to go back and watch on the Turbo Hybrid era is the 2019 German Grand Prix. I would say so. You heard it here, folks. Um, anything else to add from you then, Jamie? Oh, yeah. I forgot 
It's been Christmas and I got a new thing that I wanted to show to the camera. Here's Jamie's new thing. I'm doing it the, the wrong way because our webcams. I, don't I can't even see what Jamie's showing you. For all I know, this could be wildly inappropriate. It, but I'm still just. Max Verstappen winning the world championship. Fair enough. I'm which... sure someone's not going to meme that because I'm just going like this and you're holding something up. <laughs> oh, yeah. People do whatever you want. Put pictures of anything on there and tweet it to it. Please don't. Please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, but. Yeah, anything else before we wrap this one up? I don't think so. No, I... It's been a good year of uh, Knowing Wheel. It I'm has, sure. yeah, the Knowing Wheel podcast. We've got a <laughs> Everyone name. Everyone feels informed of the wheel. <laughs> exactly. Everyone now knows wheel thanks to us. Um, yep. Of course, we'll be back in the early next year. The early next year. We'll be back early next <laughs> year um, with more podcasts, of course. Don't quite know exactly what yet we've got planned, but we've got plenty of exciting things as we roll up, build up slowly towards 2022 F1, of course, going back through the news, of course. We'll be back with testing liveries and pre-season reveals and all this, that and the other. Uh, The stewards room as well. We definitely, definitely need to kick off uh, before the start of the new year. But thank you all so much for watching. If you have enjoyed, do make sure to leave a like and get yourself subscribed as well. Uh, I'm still working. I'm desperately, desperately trying to get this podcast on other platforms as well. Uh, it's not something I've forgotten about. I am still trying to plug away behind the scenes. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back very, very soon with more Knowing Wheel.